Hello, I'm your host, Kathy Chester, and welcome to the Move It or Lose It podcast, a podcast about all things that move the mind, body, and soul. The Move It or Lose It podcast is for information, awareness, and inspirational purposes only. I am not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. So please consult with your doctor before making any medical decisions. The views expressed by advertisers, guests, or contributors are their opinions and not necessarily the views of the Move It or Lose It podcast. Hello, so welcome to another episode of our Move It or Lose It podcast. We've got a special guest today as we talk about women and intimacy and sexuality with multiple sclerosis. So today I want to welcome our guests. We've got Amanda Thompson, we've got Roxanne Engstrom, and Julie Stam, which I know that you know from her books and the stuff that she does for MS. So we welcome you guys today. Thank you so much for being our guests. As we talk about a little bit different, I know that we've had women talking about sexual dysfunction with multiple sclerosis. We've had men on. This is a little bit different. We're talking with married women and the issues that come about with multiple sclerosis and how we overcome that. So thank you guys for being with us today on Move It or Lose It as we talk about an issue that's not talked about often. And I don't know why, because it is something that is a big issue with multiple sclerosis. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it's a big issue just in general, not even, you know, yeah. we, we, that we don't talk about enough. So you're absolutely right. So 43% of women, 31% of men just in our world, not even MS have issues with sexual, not just intimacy, but with also sexual dysfunction. Now you take MS and you jump it up to 69%. So it's obviously an issue we know with multiple sclerosis, but it's an issue with our whole world. But we know when we're talking about multiple sclerosis, we know that's an issue that we really struggle with in this particular autoimmune disease. It's a dep- it's something with depression that's way up there, something with suicide and sexual dysfunction. So I'm going to ask you ladies, and we're going with, with women specifically today. So why do you think it is with women specifically? Um, I think it's really more generational too. Um, like we are similar of age, and I think we were just raised to be people pleasers and not speak up about like what we actually need. And that's in all aspects of life, especially, but it was something to be shameful of if you talked about like sex or all the, it just wasn't the way it's spoken about now. And I feel like the next generation, they explore their, you know, it's, it's cool to be with different genders and, you know, like all these things that we might've wanted to do, but it was just frowned upon. Um, Right. Now it's very fluid and I think that's beautiful. And I think that's how the world should be. But I think for our generation, it's hard to get past like this. We're not supposed to be talking about this. We're just supposed to, in, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't really talk about it. Like you're not going to be like, oh, let's go, you know, to a shop and buy sex. Yeah. You know, that just, right. I was so excited when I was like in my thirties and my girlfriend had like a sex toy party because like I would never have gone right. on like just wouldn't have done it. So um, right. now I'm like, all right, let's go, Adam. You know, <laughs> I think you're totally right on that. I w- unfortunately, I wasted my sex party, my first one on the wrong husband. <laughs> <laughs> the one that wasn't interested at all. 
So, but no, I think you're right. Cause I was, I was in my thirties as well. The first time that I went to one and I know you two are a little bit younger than we are, but it wasn't something that, that was discussed. You weren't. And it was just like, if you weren't happy, it was like, don't discuss it. Right. So, you know, you just didn't, it wasn't something and heaven forbid the wife brought it up in therapy. It was like, what'd she say? And I was the pastor's wife. So you did not discuss that. For me, the issue is more along the lines of um, like medication interference and like vaginal health in general. Right. So I mean, I'm on Ocrevus as mm-hmm. a disease modifying therapy. And if you don't know what that is, it's a B cell depletion therapy. So much more susceptible to infections. I've always been very susceptible to like urinary tract infections. So that's a big issue for me. And then throw on top of that, a lot of people with MS also struggle with like anxiety and depression which I do. And I take medication for that. And the medication that I take also, you know, it lowers your libido and I've been on it for 15 plus years. So, and the longer you're on it, the more it decreases. Those are my hangups. I think we have a pretty, a pretty good handle on like communication and and being able to talk to each other. But, you know, when you're physically not up for it or your body is not up for it, that definitely causes an issue. I think that's so good, Amanda. And it brings me back to, especially being a pastor's wife and you did not say no. It's like going into the bathroom, getting yourself rubbed up and trying to do that. And I remember thinking when I was, didn't know I had MS yet, it was like, I would try, but I'm like, I can't rev myself up. I'm so tired. I'm so whatever. And it just wasn't working. So I think you're right. And without information and being talked to, it's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's wrong. And you you immediately feel like it's, it's something wrong with you. So mm-hmm. Roxanne, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been married, um, since I was 21. So 22 years. And I think like intimacy is about so much more than sex. And I think like when you talk about some of the, you know, I don't know if you would use this word, but as I'm listening to you, I'm like, Oh, it just feels like, cause I've had to, you know, we've gone to sex therapy. I've gone to many types of therapy in my life and had to like pull off the baggage that I have added to my faith or what marriage should be or what sex should be. Like Mm -hmm. some of those things are false narratives, you know, like for me, like I think God designed sex, like having pleasure in sex was God's idea. Like the, the organ that we have is for pleasure, you know? I mean, that's amazing. So I just think that there's, I don't know. I think our society has also reduced sex to like this really low bar of just um, consent, which obviously don't mishear me. I think consent is very important, but it's not just about that. It's about like, are we entering in as our full selves? And if I can't be my full self and be with someone, then I don't want to be with them. And my full self comes with you know, all of the mess and all of the beauty that it comes with. My body changed after I had children. My body continues to change as I figure out what it, I've been diagnosed for five years through four medication changes. I mean, it is a lot. 
And so for me, intimacy is also like more about vulnerability and not just about a physical response. Um, but I also recognize I don't have some of, you know, that's why all, I love everybody's voice on this because yeah. everybody's journey is different. Um, you know, and I think like, I haven't had the same reactions to medications. And so I don't have those same challenges, but I have had others, you know? And so we just get to like help. And, and I think comparison steals joy always. Right. Yeah. So this is not about like, oh, she's having really good sex and she's really struggling. It's not about that. It's about like, what, what is vulnerability? What is good intimacy to you right. personally? And then in your marriage, and are you able to show up as your full self and ask for what you want? Because like, really, really, I, my husband and I always joke, we're like, we're kind of, you know, nerds that got married when we were really young. We've only been with each other, but like, we should be having mind blowing sex. Cause that was God's intention, you know? So for us, it's, it's about like, but it has to be about vulnerability. And that has changed a lot, you know, in yeah. since being diagnosed, how I view myself even. Right. Right. I think that's so important because we do change with that. And I think it's important to allow ourselves to have that change. And you know, my husband and I have only been married since 2019. And then the MS took a big change. So it was important to get to know each other. We didn't have a lot of time to get to know each other intimate, intimately and sexually before all of a sudden the MS was like, boom, big change. It was like, hey, now we're going to try body mapping. And he was like, okay. So, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of change quick. So I think when that happens, I'm really grateful that we can begin to talk about things because without that communication, I'm sort of an over communicator. <laughs> so like I'm a Pisces, I've always been like very emotional and open. So I will talk something to death. And my husband is like, <laughs> I think I exhaust him sometimes. But communication is definitely like, for sure, super important. Because you're not just dealing with the same issues that, you know, any, you know, Sarah and Jane are dealing with. You're, you're, you're adding these extra layers on top with like medications. And, um, I don't know that any of us have the same issue, but like incontinence is a big issue for people with MS. So for me, communication hasn't been a huge issue except or the fact that it just gets exhausting, like trying to not explain, but like over and over say, oh, babe, I have an infection. I'm so sorry. You know, it's, it gets emotionally exhausting. I think to yeah. always be the one that's like, I'm so sorry, this is going on or my fatigue is super bad today. And thankfully I have an amazing husband who is very intuitive he's very in tune with me and knows exactly, you know, how he can read me like a book. So I'm super lucky in that way. It's just, it's kind of exhausting, I guess. Yeah, sure. Of course. That makes sense. Julie, what about you? Yeah, I think it's communication isn't really the issue for me. It's, you know, like even, you know, Roxanne, as you get older, you know, I'm, I just turned 44. Adam's a lot younger than I am. Um, you know, like we are just at different, you know, I'm perimenopausal now. And so like my body's changed from first having a child and then now this, you're like, what the heck? So like my biggest struggle isn't, I can fake it till I make it, you know, like that I can work out just to, that'll be fine. I could make it work. But, um, I, sometimes I just, 
have a confidence issue. Like I physically don't want to be naked (laughs) just because I like can't stand my body at the moment, but I'm also like exhausted and have MS and can't work. Not that I can't work out. I just don't work out. Um, so like, there's all those issues that I'm like, okay, so like, just get in shape and you'll feel better about it. But our communication, I think we're pretty good at. And like, I do set a weekly timer because I don't know that I'll ever like physically be like, I really feel like having sex today, but I sent a weekly timer and be like, all right, it's whip it Wednesday. We're going to figure this out. And you know, like, I think it's important to stay. I love that. That's (laughs) awesome, Julie. That, you know, and that's so true because I had, um, I had good friends that I, I'm that person that has friends of all ages. I have friends that I go out with that are in their twenties, friends that I'll go out with that are in their sixties. And they had that twice a week that they had, a, they had it set. And at first I remember being in my twenties thinking, I don't ever want to be that. But now I look at it and think that is so smart. If you have, if you need to have that, because it's just not there. And it was for her because yeah. she just didn't want to. And he did. And he was like, there's something has to change because I love you and I want our marriage to make it, but, but intimately, I'm not getting what I want. And through therapy, that's what they did. And it changed everything where I would have thought, wow, that takes all the spontaneity out of it. Like that would be horrible, but it actually saved their marriage. Oh, and then like, once you get started, then we like, yeah, blast, like it's fine. (laughs) We're like, okay, everything's good, but I need that there because I'm just not. I'm just not, it's not going to be the forefront. Right. Or if it is like, it's a very rare occasion. It's not as often it should be. And it's really honest that you shared that. I think in any relationship too, right. There's like, you know, I've never met a couple that has the exact same desire level. So like, let's be real about that. And then like communication about that. Right. And, and understanding like what works for you. I remember, um, so different, right? When I got married, when I was basically a child and I would be so butthurt that my husband like wouldn't, my love language is like words of affirmation, encouragement. And he just wouldn't do that as much. Right. And so fast forward, like years later, I feel like this was like five years ago. I picked up his phone because it dinged and it said on there, it said, ding, tell Roxanne, she's an amazing mother. And I thought, well, what? You know, and then, and then I, but in that moment, I felt so loved because this is how much we've grown. I know that that's not how he, like how he gives or receives love, but that is how I receive it. So he started changing in order to make sure he was telling me what he already felt, but it, and I could have chosen, right? Some women would look at that and be like, that's so not romantic. That's so this, that's so that. Listen, there's a reason why all fairy tale romance Hollywood stories end when they get together because right. staying together is a lot harder. And and I just don't think it's, I'm like totally anti the narrative that like, if it's work, that means it's, it's, it's not right. You know, like it, to me, the work that I've put in on my marriage, it's easy to feel like I was a great person before I got married. And then all of my like mess was staring me in the face because when you get vulnerable and intimate with somebody, it gets messy and you're healing old wounds from your childhood. Things are coming up. I mean, even like your fantasies sometimes are things from your past, like childhood wounds. I mean, there's all kinds of reading. Like when we did sex therapy, it was mind blowing, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also think like, for me, differentiation is really key in all relationships. So like, what do I expect of my husband, right? Is it his job to make me happy or satisfy me? Or is it my work to figure out what it looks like to show up as a fully embodied, present, vulnerable person who is going to be disappointed sometimes. 
we are not children that stamp our feet and get our way. And so it's he. So like he can ask for whatever he wants. Intimately, I can ask for whatever I want. And sometimes that will work out and sometimes it won't. And differentiation in your relationship lets you like move through it, right? Like you're so tied to what the other person owes you or has to give you or has to provide for you. You are always going to be miserable in my opinion, you know, and I love being married, but I'm my own person and I am responsible like for myself. And I was going to say one thing when Amanda was talking, I thought, man, she must be better at this than me, which she might. Cause I, I adore you, Amanda. You're awesome. Um, I sometimes don't even know what my emotions are. So like sometimes, especially post-diagnoses, you know, the receiving stuff in me, there was stuff bubbling up. There was like pain that was coming out as anger, all these things. Right. And it takes a while. I just wanted to say to everybody, all the women listening, like give yourself grace and say to your partner, or even I've had to say to my children, you know, I, I have learned that it's part of God's journey for my children to understand. I'm going to cry when I say this, but like how hard it is to have a mom with a chronic illness. But I guess that this part of their journey will make them more compassionate because sometimes I have to say to them and my husband, I don't know why I feel this way right now or why this is coming out of me. Can you, can you give me some, some time and I'll come back around and I'll apologize and I'll ask for forgiveness and I'll, and again, that's vulnerability. Yeah. But sometimes I don't even know why I'm reacting the way I'm reacting. Like when Julie, when you were talking, like after my recent flare up, I really struggled to feel sexy again. And I didn't even know that that was the issue until it was a couple weeks through it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, sometimes we don't know. And so like, give ourselves the same grace that we would give other people. This is a life changing diagnosis that stays with Mm -hmm. you. And so we have to like, it, it changes and then we grow and learn about ourselves. So anyway, I just saying like, I, I sometimes don't even know what I think. Are you battling a chronic illness like multiple sclerosis and know it's time to add exercise program and movement to your body in order for you to have the best health and independence for you? I am so excited to announce the launch of my new program, Damn It, a disrupt, move and transform program for us autoimmune warriors with a trainer who really gets it, me. You can participate in either virtual one-on-one training, virtual group training, or both. To find out more on how you or loved one can benefit from this training, email me, msdisrupted at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook or Instagram at msdisrupted. Look at the website, msdisrupted.com. Take a look. Can't wait to see your face. The last thing you said, I think is so important because I think that there are so many times that we we don't know yet and it takes us a while. And I've said that so many times to Lance is that, and the kids is, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I let me just take some time and figure it out because I know I'm not myself right now. I know my emotions are all over and, and I know I'm snapping. I know I'm just, I'm not myself and I just need some time to figure out why I'm so emotional right now. You know, I appreciate the grace that the kids and that my husband has allowed me to do that because I need that or because I can't explain, I can't express my emotions when I don't understand them yet. And there are times when we don't, I think to jump to an explanation that we don't understand doesn't help us. And it doesn't, it doesn't help our family or our spouse. 
And I think that's a really important thing, like you said, to allow ourselves that. And I'm with you. I can't explain sometimes why intimacy or why I feel bad about myself, why other people can look at me and say, I don't understand. You're beautiful. You're this. I, I don't understand either. But right now, I may not feel good about myself. I may have lost, like we talked about, a ton of weight during COVID and I felt gross and I didn't want to be touched or looked at. You know, I don't know, you know why, but there are times we just don't feel good about the way we look or about ourselves. I think if you had any of our husbands on right now, all they would see is like four beautiful, strong women. And like, they would literally think all of us are perfect, but instead they don't see what we're fighting. So they don't see like, Every step, every day is like left foot up, left foot up, left foot up. Okay, hands numb. Okay, don't drop. Switch to the other side. All right, optic neurite. So I'm driving. Should I pull over? Right. Is it fine? Can I do it? You know, like they don't see the internal monologue that we're all fighting every single day. So when we're like keeping it together, they can't tell. So that's up to Absolutely. us. Like, okay, today was really shit. Right. You know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. You know, and there are days that are garbage. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I have progressive MS. And so like, each new progression, I'm like, gosh, I just got used to the last thing, you know, like right. come on, like enough. And you can't help but like be angry and bitter. Right. Like it's inside, but we just mask it well. And I absolutely feel like it does feel inauthentic sometimes. Like it feels like we're lying to the ones we love the most because we're not letting them in on it. And then when you do, you have like that breakdown because you just can't do it anymore. That's when you finally are like, okay, I needed to get that off my chest, but it does take a minute to get there. Yeah, agree. Well, I think that's really profound what Julie just said. Like mm-hmm. it, it feels like you're lying to the ones who love you the most. I struggle with that because I, in general, am like, you know, I hate when people say you're a toxic, positive person. Like, I'm like, what level of positivity is toxic? Now I am somebody who goes to therapy, talks deeply about pain and struggle and suffering, but I also choose to like believe that nothing in my life is brought for my destruction, right? Right. Like I want to be recklessly hopeful and not, but, and it is so hard for me because like talking about my symptoms all the time actually brings me down. Like, like right now, does everybody need to know that I can't feel my left leg and it's burning? There's nothing anyone can do about that, including me, but I have learned it's not for everyone. It's maybe not the consumption for everyone to know that. Like, I don't have to go on, you know, I'm, I hang out a lot on Instagram or whatever. I don't have to go on Instagram or TikTok and talk about it every single day. But what I've learned is as I've journeyed with my husband in this, he's like, I do want to know those things. And so, especially when I feel I've been very overwhelmed lately with um, like cognitive confusion, when all four Mm -hmm. of my kids are talking at once or the kitchen is insane, I get so confused. I feel like I'm in the middle of like a heavy metal concert and people are yelling at me. I'm serious. And I'm a super loud, obnoxious person, you guys, like my whole (laughs) life, you know, I'm like, I've blown out speakers in every car I've owned and I'm way too old to do that because I just love noise, but it is my MS has changed that the cognitive. And so I have started to like, have to say to my husband, babe, like I need to leave the kitchen. I'm feeling really confused. And that's really hard for me because I don't want to be seen as complaining, but that's, you know what, that's also some of the training I received as a, as a woman about not taking up space. Right. And that was not, that was implicit, maybe explicit sometimes, but like we receive some messaging, just like you were talking about as a pastor's wife with sex and stuff like that. Right. Maybe nobody sat us down and told us that, but like in my life, I was just told like, you shouldn't take up a lot of space. 
And I'm learning to take up more space, but it's not maybe for everyone. Like it's not public consumption, but with my husband, with the people I love the most with my kids to be like, I can't do that right now, honey. And like, this is why. Right. Julie, I just, you blew my mind. I wrote down. I'm like, I love that, Julie. Thank you. And I'm Roxanne, I think it's amazing that like, I love that you're speaking up about it, but I do know as like a mom with MS that even when we say it, it internally hurts us. Like we feel like we're letting them in, even though we know we're doing what's best for them, for us, like just for like going to a party with my son that I know it's going to be water in my hand. He can't handle it. And, you know, you explain to them like, Hey, this isn't going to work for me. I'll be there over there on, on the side. But while you're sitting on the side, you feel nothing but like sadness and guilt. That's so hard. Yeah. Having all my kids grown, if I could have done it different, I would do exactly what you're doing because all it did for me is take so much of my MS and make it worse. They're older now. And they will say that to me now. I wish you didn't feel that you had to do everything. You didn't have to coach every sport. You didn't have to be at everything. I wish you would have taken, held some things back because we would have been happy climbing in your bed and telling you all about it. But I felt I had to do everything, coach everything. So take some guilt away because I've heard it from all three of them. You didn't have to do it all. But I very much felt I did. And I'm very much a go-getter, go after it, do it all and push it. And you don't. But it's a feeling that we have that guilt is strong. We are such moms that we went from talking about sex to guilt about our oh, children. Right? See, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna come. We're gonna do a second half of this. So we're gonna stop where we stopped. We're gonna come back and go into the next part about our sexual issues and our intimacy. Is what about any other things that we may use, such as toys or any other? intimate things that we would go through to help our intimacy with our spouses. So that will be part two. So we will hold off on the mom issues for a bit and go back to being wives. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Move It or Lose It podcast where you can, again, find us wherever you like your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, join us on that. And we can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests and working together. And as always, you'll hear us say at the end of every podcast, we are stronger together. So let's do it. Let's become stronger together. Have a great day. Hey.